0: Hey guys, welcome back to Gray Area. My name is Ulysses. This is our spotlight series. And today we are sitting here with Frameworks. Frameworks, how are we doing today?
1: I'm great, man. Uh, just uh, taking it easy today, working on some new music
0: and uh, yeah,
1: just staying inside or out from the rain.
0: Oh, it's raining out there. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manchester, right?
1: Yeah, just outside, but yeah, okay. there are nice. there about
0: yeah, so hey, for our uninitiated readers, for those of you, for those of our readers who do not know you, um, introduce yourself to us. Who is Frameworks? What does Frameworks sound like? So
1: I'm a UK-based producer, uh, kind of electronic, uh, dance-influenced, make quite a lot of stuff that's, you know, strings and stuff like that, but also new albums more veered towards like uh, dance culture, I think.
0: And then um, I kind of want to get into the um, very beginnings. Um, Obviously, you kind of have to get some sort of inspiration from somewhere. So I would like to know what got you interested in in DJing and producing.
1: So I was always like creative uh, and I was my mum got me a drum kit when I was young, but I was more into art and graphics. Uh, So I went to art college and then it, it, I came to like a, a T junction in my in my life where it was like I need to make a decision here. I was going into art college, just thinking about music, so I just made the call to go and study music and got got into it from there. Really,
0: what was it about that T junction that made you decide art wasn't for me, or was it was it was it really for you, but you just had a bigger passion with music?
1: So I passed my course. at... At art college, but they wouldn't let me come back. <laughs> the, the The tutor basically said, "You're really great, and you've passed, and you you should be able to go and do this." But we think you should do music, so we're going to say no. <laughs> so it was a kind of, they they forced
0: my hand. Yeah, I was going to say at least they nudged you in the right direction. Totally. Yeah. So now, um take us back to that. How long ago was that compared to where you are now? Um, What year
1: are we talking about? We're going on like 15 years there. Uh, So leaving art college, I got into like uh, performance, so drumming and stuff like that. Studied that for a couple of years, jazz drumming and such. And then there was a module in one of my courses that was more production. And I just fell in love with it. Uh, Just the fact I could sit and create, without having to rely on other people's schedules and, you know, getting in rooms and stuff like that. I, I was just like blown away by it and fell in love with it.
0: I, I kind of want to touch base on that drumming because I feel like there might be a little bit of a story there. Were you part of, were you part of like a a, a group? Were you drumming? Yeah. yeah. Um, were you touring at all? Was this local? How, how did that work? So we played a lot of like Manchester venues
1: and stuff like that, kind of small. Clubs and stuff like that, but it, it wasn't on a big scale, it was, it was more just like uh, four guys
0: thrashing it out. Do you still get a chance to drum whenever you can, or are you just kind of over and done with that phase?
1: So, I've got a drum kit uh in my other studio, and I will record hits and stuff like that, uh but generally not a full kit at any one time. Uh, when I tour in America, I've got a drummer, so I tend to like sneak on his kit at any given opportunity and have a little bash.
0: That's funny. Hey, so let's let's go back to that T-junction that we were talking about because I would like to know now that, now that you um, have found this passion for production, um, when did you decide that you were going to sound the way that you sound? Because there's so many different avenues you can take with electronic music. Um, so I want to kind of know how, how did that influence you into what you sound like today?
1: Yeah, I think, well, coming into music, it was from more of a live perspective. So my earlier albums were laced with more like live instrumentation, uh, some strings and stuff like that. And over the time, my taste has changed, the things have developed, and it's just become a bit more like dance floor orientated, especially after the pandemic. Uh, And I guess... Yeah, my taste has just changed over the years and it's just gone a bit more, yeah, club focused.
0: I, I asked that because I, I notice it in, in your discography. You know, you go back to 2012 ish to now, um, it's very diverse. Um, do you prefer one or the other?
1: Uh, so it's like reading a diary from when you're younger, listening to old albums. I. I I don't really listen to my own music once it's out so much. Uh, so it's hard to say. I've, I've definitely got a soft spot for everything I've put out. But I guess my headspace is always on the next thing. So I'm generally not looking back. Uh, but, of course, without all that, I wouldn't be the artist I am today. So it's important to kind of reference that as to where I am now.
0: Right. And you you mentioned that you don't listen to your old stuff. Is that like when when like TV actors say that they don't like to watch their own movies?
1: I think so. It's I can't hit, listen to my own voice. It's one of them things, you know. Like uh, there's so many things I would listen to now and think oh, I could have done that better. I oh, wish I'd done that, you know. Uh, so yeah, I'm just too in my own head about stuff like that. So yeah, I I'd, I'd analyze it rather than enjoy it.
0: Well, it's a good thing that you have all of that, all of that stuff out there for the audience to listen to, regardless of whether you listen to it or not. Because at the end of the day, you are impacting somebody's lives with this, with your music and with your sound. So, yeah, you 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 will always be your own worst critic, but you will also, in turn, turn that art into something that somebody else is going to enjoy, um, which I appreciate. Um, um, my next question is: I kind of want to get into um, your early childhood um, you said that you were gifted a drum kit um, and that's kind of how you got in, in, interested in, in music. Um, yeah. Was there any other musical influences in your life? Did anybody uh, growing up, did anybody play any, anything around you?
1: So n- no one directly played anything. My dad was uh, an artist so he used to go to for ad- advertising agencies and it was back in the day, so it wasn't all laptops. It was like huge sketch papers, and he used to have loads of markers, and he used to come up with ideas for the adverts. So that kind of creativity was always present. Uh, but that, that drum kit kind of came out of nowhere. My mum turned around one Christmas and was like, because I've got a brother, she was like, you can both have a musical instrument for Christmas. And he was straight away like guitar. And I'd never really thought about it. So I, I was sat on it for a, a couple of weeks and then turned around and said, I'd like a drum kit. And she was like, oh my, you know, worst case scenario, I'd pick a drum kit. But she, I think she went online or whatever, got a second hand one and ended up, started there.
0: Now, born and raised in Manchester, around Manchester?
1: In and around, yeah. Okay.
0: So... How did that Manchester uh, upbringing influence your life? Well, Well, Manchester's
1: Manchester's got like a lot of musical heritage, you know, like the Hacienda, a lot of indie music and stuff like that. I think, you know, there's a drummer called Luke Flowers who plays for Cinematic Orchestra. And on Oxford Road in Manchester, there was a jazz spot uh, and it was tiny. But I used to go there, I think it was on like a Wednesday night, like a jam night, and I just remember watching Luke Flowers play and just being gobsmacked, you know? It was just like one of those moments where you're like, this is kind of, this is it. This guy's the top of his game, do you know what I mean? Uh, And then there's also like the club culture in Manchester, and I went to college with a guy called Dub Physics, who's a quite big in the Manchester scene, uh, used to see strategy and all them, Broken English, uh, Connie Con, all, all those kind of people were all active around Manchester.
0: That's kind of leading me into the next question that I had because um, obviously, you know, drumming and, and playing in a band is, is um, kind of the complete opposite of <laughs> music production and DJing um, uh, as far as like the, the electronic sound is concerned. So once you started producing, how did you get involved in that electronic music sphere? Were you always surrounded by that? Did you ever go to any shows, any events? Totally. I think one of the big things for me was when I was at college doing music,
1: uh, they, we had to go and do, uh, a placement somewhere and I Managed to get one at Ninja Tune in London and go into Ninja Tune. I, was, I think I was there for two weeks and I was just, you know, in the basement sending out records and stuff like that. But I think it just flipped my head a bit, just listening to what was going on and, you know, the kind of people that that were there and stuff like that. It was just like crazy. I actually met Diplo in the basement where they were sending out records who came in. I was like, no way. So yeah, it was a crazy situation.
0: How was that interaction? Was there like any type of like, uh, um, being starstruck over that or no?
1: I mean, it it was brief, but I was just like, you know, he was telling me about going to parties and buying like mixtapes and stuff like this. I forgot on where it was, but it, it was somewhere out there, you know?
0: (laughs) Um, Where in your, within this last 15 years, where would you say is, is your, your breakthrough? Where did you realize, okay, this is getting me somewhere?
1: I think it's been like a, a gradual thing, you know, uh, I think since probably the last three, four years, I mean, first time I came to America and played, that was a big one for me. Uh, but I think I've been more focused the last four years. You know. I've always been quite prolific because I'm always always writing, always creating something. Uh but the last four years I think I've really kind of I don't know, can kind of really gone for it, you know what I mean? Like working it nine to five rather than when I feel I could be creative. I've just started like clocking in, clocking out and taking it serious.
0: Did anything in particular make you change your mindset into saying, you know, what I got, I'm getting into high gear here?
1: I think the arrival of my children, oh, my first okay. child, was—I don't know—it it kind of inspired me to be more focused. You know, like it's not just for myself anymore; it's for a bigger right. picture, and I want to make—I want to make them proud. You know, so I, I think that was a big turning point.
0: So, how many kids do you have? Three three kids and, and I'm assuming they're all under the age of five
1: well seven is the oldest
0: okay so right around that time frame um how difficult is that now well I'm, I'm assuming that now that the seven-year-old maybe it's, it's a little bit easier for, for them to grasp that but uh, is it difficult for you to still go on tour go to different countries and kind of be away from them I mean yeah it is tough but again
1: over the last two years I've kind of got in my head around it a little bit more. Before that, I was going on tour and it was a bit of a push-pull struggle, you know? And it came to a bit, not a head, but a conversation with my wife and she was like, listen, I'm 100% behind you, but you need to also be on board. If you're gonna do this, you need to just do it. <laughs> so it was kind of like, you know, yeah, she wants me to just do it, I wanna do it. So stop thinking why am I doing it kind of thing? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, that, that grind when you're away, especially on an off day when you're not doing anything, you're like, oh, you
0: know, I get it. So now we're in the U S you're touring the U S. Um, take me back to the very first U S tour that you had. How, how, how much of a different experience was that than touring in the UK or in Europe and, and being exposed to the American audience?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was crazy, you know, just like having the opportunity to come out and play and get a visa and stuff. The visa was no easy thing, you know. Uh, it, yeah, every time I'm out there, it's, it, it blows my my mind, you know, especially when you end up in, like I was in Costa Rica a few weeks ago, playing at Envision Festival. Just having the opportunity to do stuff like that is just blows my mind still, you know.
0: Do you have any favorite type of uh, festival or venue that you've had an experience in the US?
1: So, I really like Denver, but I think that's just because I've been there the most, you know, I've spent probably most time there. Uh, Pacific Northwest, just because it reminds me of home, because it's a bit (laughs) rainy. Uh, But yeah, I've had like, For me, it's more, yeah, you have great times in the venues, but you'll have, like, an interaction with someone at a venue or something, and that will just change the whole vibe, you know? It'll be like someone will say something, or... So I'd live for those moments, you know? Or even, like, the struggles when you're on tour and something crazy happens, you're like, oh, my God. Uh, You know, those moments are what make it, I think.
0: Do you have any, any specific goals that you still haven't been able to attain in America? um as opposed to what your own personal goals are within your career uh has there been a festival or 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 a collaboration or something that you have yet to to accomplish that you want to say i want to i want to grab this and i want to own it
1: i kind of feel that way about everything but (laughs) uh i'd love to go on like a big tour i've never done a bus tour so i'd love to tour in a bus uh Either you know support act for someone big or something like that. I'd love to have the opportunity to do that. I don't know how it like. I have no comprehension of if I'd love it or it would be a struggle or whatever. But I like the idea.
0: I've heard both ends. Some people love it, hate it. Yeah, I I like the idea of finishing
1: and going to sleep and waking up somewhere. And you're like, oh, we we've done the travel whilst I've been asleep.
0: um speaking of uh performing when an audience member goes to a frameworks event a Frameworks show what can they expect what is the sound what is the vibe what is is their visuals how does how does a frameworks performance look like to an audience member
1: well most recently i've been doing it myself and a drummer uh and i think more recently i'm just trying to keep the vibe up uh you know it's not full dance vibes there's a lot of emotion there so like if people have their own moments and connect that's what it's all about for me you know like seeing people out there enjoying themselves you know perfect
0: did you did you specifically uh, have did you have a specific reason as to why you had a drummer or you have a drummer? I know that obviously you have a drumming upbringing, but um, did that tie into that? Uh,
1: so a, a while ago, I, I toured with more of a band with a violinist and a, a upright bass player. And over time, as my music has developed, those things just—you know—I'm making bass with subfatties and moog synths stuff like that. Uh, there's no violin in my new album, so. It it kind of didn't call for it as much, but the drums, you know, I feel still really work and add this kind of like dynamic element live, which just really and visually great, you know. Just it, I think it just lifts, just gives everything like four percent more, you know.
0: I agree. I agree. So for the most part, then, would you say that your performances are? live, like a mixture hybrid, live performances, um, as opposed to just strictly DJing?
1: Yeah, if I'm performing with a drummer, it's kind of like a lot more live rather than DJing. But I've DJed in the UK for years. Uh, so I if I get an opportunity to do two sets and I can do just a straight DJ set uh, and a more kind of frameworks live thing then I, i'm happy to do both you know
0: talk to me about um your new ep cold kind of want to learn a little bit about that because um i've been listening to it and um there's some pretty good tracks in there um how long did this pr- uh, process take for you to actually produce the ep and um i know that you have a, 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 a um... sorry i'm losing my train of thought. Um, a collaboration there with Cleopold. Yeah. So, um, talk to me about Cold and, and the EP.
1: So i I wrote like the, you know, the core of the songs like really quick. That was kind of one thing I was really conscious of trying to do this time. Uh, when that kind of inspiration hits, rather than focusing on, you know, the, you know, micro decisions of is that the kick right kick drum or whatever, just focusing on trying to get everything out. Uh, Cold was inspired by me coming across another song by another artist. Uh, And every time I listened to this song, for some reason, it like brought up emotions in me. Like, and I was like, kind of getting upset listening to it, but I kept on going back to it. It was like this cathartic, weird experience. So cold Can we is a
0: mention that song? Is that a possibility? Can we know what the song is? It's it was
1: called uh home by I think his name's Aizger, I think an Icelandic uh okay. singer. Yeah, and so that that is about that sort of like finding that song and have releasing these emotions but wanting to go back to it continuously.
0: And then the uh, the name of the track that you had with uh, Cleopold, that's Blue Layer, correct? Correct, yeah. How did that collab- collaboration happen?
1: Uh, he just got in touch with me. I think it was over the pandemic. Uh said, I really like your music. Uh, and then I listened to some of his stuff, and I was like, fresh. Uh, <laughs> ended up sending him a demo of that track. That was the first song I sent him. And at the time, it sounded rough rough around the edges uh but he saw through that and was like put some ideas down and it, it just seemed to work he's a really talented singer you know and uh i i really love his writing you know it's uh not very obvious and just yeah perfect for my music
0: the the music that you are producing now uh like we like you spoke earlier compared to what you uh or producing maybe 10-15 years ago is a little bit different now um, you're, you're talking about it being a little bit more upbeat um, uh, you said that this had something to do with the pandemic is there any particular reason why you kind of went this route um, and I'm only asking because I'm, I'm noticing this in uh, with a lot of DJs and producers now it's kind of starting to kind of pick up the pace a little bit uh, for lack of a better word
1: Totally. I'm not, do you know what? I'm not sure, but I see this too. Like, Mm -hmm. especially with like the UK scene and people like, you know, UK garage coming back a bit. And like, uh, for me personally, it was that I just wasn't able to have those experiences. I think, you know, from DJing in Manchester quite often to then nothing, it was like, that was my fix, you know? And when I wasn't getting that anymore, it kind of, naturally came out somewhere else and i guess that was in the music i was making
0: yeah i have i have zero complaints (laughs) I i like the idea of being a little bit more upbeat and not too like you know um somber so i i do appreciate that coming out of you um i do kind of want to get into this uh last couple of questions here it's it's our what we call our our um uh 10 crazy questions like um, quick fire uh, just random questions here Um, no need to rush on them but I would would like to kind of pick your brain a little bit just to get uh, a little bit more familiar with your quirky side Um, what is your favorite place to unwind Uh, how long have I got to think about this yeah you can think
1: about as long as you want (laughs) unwind
0: where do you go to let it go and just relax?
1: Probably the reservoirs near my house. There's like five reservoirs, one after another. And you can just walk for as long as you want, really. And it's, you know, it's always raining, but it's beautiful.
0: Um, sticking with the UK here, what is the most overrated UK attraction?
1: Uh... maybe like i don't know i'm not much of a royalist really so anything related to the royal family i'm kind of like i don't get it i've never really got it uh as an
0: american we don't get it either yeah
1: <laughs> so. and, and i'm like the least patriotic person you'll ever meet i think mostly because of football like right. I, I associate the like the flag with football so when yeah. i see
0: it i think oh yeah <laughs> That's funny. Um, if you could import something from the UK to the US that the US does not have, what would it be?
1: Do you have Cadbury's chocolate over there?
0: We did, I believe we did.
1: That's that's my kind of. I, I need Cadbury. have
0: Cadbury now, whether it's sold, I don't remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, after like as soon as I finished my dinner, I get this sweet pang that I need Cadbury's but I don't think I've ever seen it over there so if you I'd bring some more so you could fill up your stock
0: (laughs) I will I will keep an eye out for those um what is your guilty musical pleasure
1: oh guilty musical pleasure I'll listen to anything really like Like I don't mind listening to part anything. The only thing I don't listen to is country, just because again, I, like culturally, I don't right. really get it. Uh, nice. Yeah, I don't know. And I listen to anything, like Britney Spears, whatever. Give it to me.
0: You, you got me with Britney. I am a huge Britney fan, so major major brownie points to you. Sick. Um, what is your favorite game show? So I like really bad TV,
1: and once I start, I can't stop. Uh, So like Married at First Sight, anything like that, any real trash, the worst imaginable stuff is what I'm drawn to. Uh, And once once I pop, I can't stop. So anything like that. Big Brother,
0: when that was on, I was all about it. I picture you as like a uh, toddlers and tiaras kind of guy. What's that? Toddlers and tiaras. Are you not familiar?
1: No, but it sounds amazing.
0: Yeah, it's well, I will educate you as little as possible because I would rather you watch it. Um, but it is a television show of these, um, I don't know, maybe two year old to seven year old girls and they go through beauty pageants. Oh, wow. And it's like it's a whole recording of just like their parents and all of that stuff kind of chaotic and what it takes to, to be this, you know. Are the parents thing. more into it than the kids? You know they always are. You know that was the reason that they got in to begin with. It's not about the it's not about the children. Yeah. Um, my my favorite, I'll tell you right off the bat, is uh the British Breakoff.
1: Oh and,
0: and that that is on my TV every single season it comes out. I am just glued to the TV. Perfect. <laughs> uh and then last couple of questions here. These are would you rather's. Okay. So these are going to be a little bit more fun. Would you rather have fingers as long as your toes or toes as long as your fingers?
1: Toes as long as my fingers.
0: Toes as long as your fingers? Yeah. <laughs> would you would rather live on the beach or in a cabin in the woods? Beach. The beach? I love the water. Yeah. Would you rather DJ for the rest of your life or just produce for the rest of your life? Produce. Would you rather know what death feels like or would you rather know what birth feels like?
1: Oh, that's a (laughs) weird one. Uh, I'm going to say birth.
0: Birth? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I I kind of like the idea of of knowing what happened as opposed to knowing what's going to happen. Exactly,
1: because if it was horrific, you'd be thinking about it every day.
0: <laughs> right. Um I I'm pretty much done with the interview. Um this was more of a trying to get to know you, so trying to get to our, audi- our audience to know you and who you are. Um is there anything else that you think that you might want to touch on before we leave? Just that the
1: album's out on Friday. It's called Reflections. Uh it's kind of like uh a diary for me, trying to represent those moments in my life as clearly and as, you know, honestly as possible. And it's really, really good.
0: I don't doubt that one minute. Um touching base on that a little bit real quick before we leave, um, what kind of sound can we expect? Is this gonna be a little bit more up-tempo, we were talking about earlier?
1: Yeah, it's it's more up than previous releases, most definitely. Uh, okay. And I guess it shows you where I'm going, if that makes sense. Because I'm, like, right in now, a follow-up. So I guess, yeah. But it's still uh, layered with emotion. You know, I think they always will be. I can't, I can't get away from it. I'm a, you know.
0: Well, I'll tell you this much: the audience likes it. Your, the your fans like it. I'm sure it's going to be a great album, regardless. Emotions are what ties everything together in this community, um, and we appreciate that, and we appreciate you. So thank you very much, um, and we will see you on the road.
1: Thank you so much, mate.
0: Have a great day. Yeah. You. Take care. All right. In a bit.